Hey, everybody. Patrick here. Thank you so much for tuning in to this special bonus episode of Conversation Piece live at Purdue University for Express Fest 2024. I just wanted to hop on here really quickly before the episode rolls in to cover a couple technical things that you're going to be hearing throughout the episode. The first is at the beginning and near the end of the episode, there were some audio cutouts that we had to edit around. So you might notice some strange jumps during the time when I'm talking about my own story and then near the end. So I apologize for that. And secondly, you're going to notice that because this is a radio show, we have some musical breaks and because of copyright and licensing laws um, and because the show came together very quickly over the past two days, we did not or I specifically did not secure the copyright to play these songs post recording. So you're not going to be hearing the songs. You're going to be hearing a musical cue from the theme music that we normally play at the beginning and end of every episode that will bridge the musical breaks in the episode. I will, however, be linking to the songs in our show notes. I really love the playlist that we ended up coming up with and the songs that we were able to play at the live event. So excited to be able to share that with you. Excited to be able to share this whole episode. I also just want to put this disclaimer that this is the first time I've done something like this. So I want to shout out the Asian American and Asian Resource and Cultural Center Dr. Pam, sorry for giving me this opportunity to come and share the show, share in this conversation with everybody that joined me. And yeah, without further ado, we're going to roll right in. Thanks so much for joining us. And here we go. Oh, there it is. Okay. Woo! Turned all the way up. All right, here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Conversation Piece with Patrick Armstrong. I am the titular Patrick, and this is a show where we talk about the missing pieces of the conversations we're already having. Shout out to all our returning listeners, and a high five and hello to everybody joining us for the very first time. Thank you so much. I'm really excited today because this is something new, something new for the show that we've never done before. It's a live radio broadcast coming to you from Express Fest 2024 here on Purdue University's campus. Very excited for that. You might be able to hear some background noise going on. We got students, we got faculty, we got a whole bunch of organizations walking around having a good time right now. And what we're doing today is talking a little bit about the experience here at Purdue, talking about you know what clubs and organizations are operating. We're kicking off the first week for students, I believe. Um, I haven't been here in 12 years, so I don't really know what the schedule looks like, but I'm back today to have these conversations with y'all, and I'm really excited about it. Um, I forgot I have to control the music right now. Um, so a little bit about how this show is going to go. I'm going to talk for a little bit, then we're going to kick it off like a radio show. We're going to play some music, then we're going to talk, and then we're going to do some music, and then we're going to talk, and then some music, you know, how the radio plays. And um, what we're going to do in between those talking periods is invite some people up to come talk about their experience here as students, as faculty, uh, specifically to amplify and elevate the organizations that are operating around here on campus as well. So. That's the reason that I'm here today, partnered with Dr. Pamsari and with the ARC, the Asian and Asian American Resource Center here on campus. Very excited for that. And I guess to kick it off, I'll give you a little bit of background about myself. Um, I, again, my name is Patrick Armstrong. Use he, him pronouns. Uh, I was born in Korea and adopted in 1990 to a white family here in Indiana. I grew up in a small town called Rensselaer. I don't know if you know where that's at, but about an hour north on 65. And I was the only Asian person in my town, except for my sister, younger sister, also adopted from Korea, non-biologically related. And ended up, after graduating from high school, came here uh, after one semester at Ball State and spent about three years here at Purdue studying creative writing. After I left Purdue, I decided, oh, I'm gonna go into the workforce, just started working in every possible industry that I could um, and moved down to Indianapolis, was in Indianapolis, then San Diego, came back to Indianapolis, moved to Houston, moved back to Indianapolis again, then went to Chicago for three years. Uh, 
And then after that three-year period, came back to Indianapolis, where I currently reside with my wife and my cat. A lot of what I'm going to be talking about, what we're going to be talking about today, deals with that identity experience, particularly from the Asian-American perspective. But what I really love about all of the organizations that are out here for Express Fest is that all of our identities, all of our communities intersect with each other. And that's the best part about it. That's the best part about community is that we can do things together. We can lift each other up. I'm going to put my sunglasses back on because I keep getting sweat in my eyes. So a little bit of background before that. When I grew up, again, I grew up in a very small rural town, and it was predominantly white. My family was white. I'm a transracial adoptee, which means I was adopted by a family of another race than my own. And while I would have what most people would consider a positive adoption experience, I also had a lot of different things that caused me a lot of trauma and pain uh, that we didn't talk about, specifically around race, specifically around identity. Because I was one of the only Asian people in the town that I was in, it was, there were no mirrors. There were no things for me to see that I reflected my experience. And especially when it comes to being adopted, there was nothing about that. And I grew up in a colorblind household, in a colorblind community. We didn't talk about race. We didn't talk about these things when they happened. And that ended up becoming very internalized within myself, became very foundational to the way that I would navigate the world. Um, the worst part, the reason and the way that got internalized was just because whenever something would happen, whenever I experienced microaggressions, whenever I experienced racism, we wouldn't talk about it. When I would tell my parents or any other grownups, teachers, whoever, uh, about what I was experiencing, they'd be like, well, I think you're being a little too sensitive. They were just joking. It doesn't really matter. You need to get over it. <clears throat> and so, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that was my experience, and that informed the way that I would navigate the world, which was how I was navigating the world when I got to Purdue. So I was here at Purdue from, I guess, essentially 2009 to 2011. And usually college is a time for people to like go and experience their new things, to step outside of their comfort zone, to be a part of communities that they never were a part of before. And because of my upbringing, the way that I was raised, I actually did the opposite. I remained in those spaces of comfortability for me, which were predominantly white. And <clears> that was really harmful in two different ways. One, it was harmful for myself because it was hard for me to find my pathway to identity, which I would reject for 30 years of my life. Um, and it was also outwardly harmful. So. When I was here, there were no, there was no Asian American Resource Center. There were clubs for Asian Americans, but when I would share my experience with other Asian students here, the response that I got was, oh, so you're not really Asian. And I was like, dang, yo, that did, that did not feel good. That did not really feel that great. And because of those experiences from other Asian people, I was like, okay, maybe I'm, this isn't who I am. This isn't really who I'm supposed to be. And the way that internalization became harmful outwardly, not even just to myself, but to other people, um, was really profound in a way that I would not understand until I started to unpack my story about three years ago. And I, so one anecdote that I like to share was I was here at class one day and I was sitting by myself as students do, had my headphones on, just waiting for the thing to start. And I clocked a student walking, another person walking up to me. I saw that she was from an East Asian country, and she's tried to start engaging with me. And I recognized that she was speaking a language that I did not speak, I did not recognize. And in my mind, I was like, okay, there are two options here. I can either go down this pathway and engage with this person and start take my first steps into this new identity, or I can continue into comfortability and not engage with this person. And unfortunately, I chose the latter. And as she tried to come up to me and engage with me, I kind of just brushed her off. I waved her off and said, you know, I, I don't understand what you're saying. I'm sorry. And I just looked away. And she turned around, walked out of the, my, my, my peripheral vision, walked out of my life forever. And I wouldn't think about that moment until I was 30. And when I was 30, so when I moved back from Chicago, a lot of things were happening. It was the beginning of the pandemic. There was the rise in violence against Asian and Asian American people because of the pandemic. And there were, my wife and I were also talking about what it would look like to start our own family. And because I'm adopted, you know, I have this really big thing about biological relations because I don't really have any. I don't know them for myself. And we were sitting on the couch one night after having these conversations. We were watching the movie Always Be My Maybe. It's a rom-com on Netflix with Randall Park and Ali Wong. Real funny if you haven't seen it. And something about that movie just clicked in my mind. 
and I realized, oh, I need to be asking these questions about myself. And I looked at my wife and I said, how are we going to raise our kids to navigate the world as Asian when I don't know how to do that? And that sent me on this journey that I'm on right now to lead me to the stage here today, to come full circle in this moment of having caused harm outwardly to another person, and then thinking about how that was really foundational to the way that I navigated the world. And so that's really what I'm doing here today. I started podcasting right after that conversation. Uh, again, the John Chi Show started to unpack the experience of what it means to be a Korean adoptee and as, uh, more generally what it means to be an Asian American, Asian American adoptee. I also started to deal in identity, started to speak on those topics, started to work with organizations like Purdue, like the Asian American Foundation, like the Indianapolis Colts, to be able to start having these conversations for folks who come from these hidden identities, come from these hidden communities within our broader diaspora. And that's what I'm here today to talk about a little bit. Um, I give that context, I give that background just so you know why I'm sitting up here and why I'm partnering with ARC specifically to have more conversations like this today. And if you follow either of my podcasts, again, you'll know that these are the things that we talk about a lot. Um, and while a lot of what I just shared deals with a lot of trauma and a lot of like sadness, and I didn't mean to bring it down like that, there's also a lot of joy in being able to find your identity, to be able to embrace who you are, accept who you are, and then engage in the community and find community with people who share those lived experiences, share those different identities, share in the communities that we all hail from. So again, like I said, when I was at Purdue, I didn't have any of this, and I was really afraid to engage. And now that I'm here today, I'm so excited to be here because I see not just a bunch of Asian students, Asian American students, and Asian American organizations walking around, but like I said, I see a lot of community here, a lot of different identities and communities represented. And that's the whole point of all of this, is to come together, to be able to lift each other up, and to move forward in solidarity with each other so we can achieve the things that we need to achieve, like freedom. So for the rest of the hour that I'm up here, we're going to be inviting folks up to talk about the work that they do, talk about their experiences, their identities, navigating life here at Purdue. Uh, we're going to hype up and amplify the work of these various student organizations and groups, and we're going to play some music. So while I am waiting for this next segment to start, I'm going to play our first song. Oh, let me get on my phone here. So I've never really done a radio show before, so this is why it seems a little disjointed, but it's totally fine. Um, so the first song we're going to play is a K-pop song. I know everybody loves K-pop right now. That's all the rage. Uh, it's specifically, we're going to be listening to New Jeans, Cool With You by New Jeans from their new EP, EP2. All right, we are back with our interview portions, and we are about to be talking to some really incredible folks here on campus. And joining me first is Dr. Pam Sari. She is the director of the Asian American and Asian Resource and Cultural Center here at Purdue. Dr. Sari, how are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me, Patrick. Thank you I, for being here at Purdue and Great Lafayette. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. That means a lot. And, you know, we connected last May and had some really good conversations. And we've just been trying to find ways to work together. And this is one of the first. So I'm excited about this and everything to come. Um, so to kick, off, kick this off, tell us how you tell us a little bit more about the arc. Tell us a little bit about how it got started, what our mission is here and what you're hoping to achieve. Yeah, actually, I might start with just um, a personal experience. Yeah, absolutely. So I am actually also a Boilermaker. I did my PhD here in the American Studies program. So I came in in 2010. And then at 2011, um, I found an organization through a friend of mine. Um, it's called Asian Pacific American Caucus. So at the time, Asian Pacific American Caucus, or APAC, was joining many other organizations um, in their kind of last push to ask Purdue to build an Asian Asian American Cultural Center. Okay. So I was part, a little bit of part of that, you know, um, adventure and, and journey to have the art. So, I love that. Yes. And um, although I was excited at the time, but I couldn't imagine that I would be able to see the fruit of our labor. Um, so, but... April 29, as I remember, April 29, 2015, um, I became a mom at that point. I okay. brought my six-month-old son, baby, um, to the grand opening of the ARC. Um, it was a, such a special moment to be able to, to celebrate uh, the center. 
Um, obviously, we are here because we want to share right, the diversity of yeah. Asian, Asian American communities. For those of us who identify as Asian, Asian Americans, we want this to be be present alongside you in your journey to weave academic excellence on campus, um, meaningful journey of identity, and also professional uh, growth as, as a student, as a leader, as, as a human being. And for those of us, uh, so many of us here that don't identify as Asian, Asian Americans, we want to also walk alongside each other, having conversation peace. A hundred percent. Every day, what it means um, to have our identities, what it means to work together. I really appreciate you sharing that. Can you talk a little bit about, I mean, I feel like it would be a lot to not only be a new mom, but to be here navigating your life as a professor at Purdue and then starting the resource center, starting up this big endeavor. Can you talk about what your feelings were like when you were going through all of these different things and navigating that? Yeah, it was it was sweet and at the same time overwhelming. Sure. Um, obviously, I was surrounded by people, right? Faculty, staff, and students who were really passionate about what we were doing. Uh, in the beginning of the, the journey of activism, I, I was just one tiny piece of the whole collective, right? We actually went to the other cultural centers. We went to the Black Cultural Center. We went to the LCC. We went to the NACC, LGBTQ Center, to get feedback from them mm. um, about how what we need to start something like this. And um, I'm, I'm amazed uh, at... My then, you know, I look up to them and they gave us amazing, amazing advice. And now that I get to work with them as colleagues, that's that's unbelievable feeling. And and um, the the amazing thing also is that um, we I bring my kids here. So yeah. since they're they're little, they understand they they play with the staff. We have a Nintendo Switch at the Arc, and <laughs> actually some of the staff members are the early teachers of their Nintendo, you know, <laughs> Nintendo Switch teachers, and they had a good time. They asked me questions about, you know, being Asian, being Indonesian, being Indonesian-American in particular. Um, so, so, yeah, it's cool. And, and I know that uh, the other directors are also bringing their, their family, their relatives to get to know what we are doing as well. So... Really, the, the personal part of our identity and the professional work of our, our identity intertwine in, in, I think, it's beautiful and encouraging ways. I love that. And I love that, you know, you went to the different centers that already existed to get inspiration, to figure out, you know, guidance on how to set this up for us. And for whatever reason, it always feels like Asian and Asian Americans come up last when it comes to like establishing these things for us. But it's important. And it's important that we are able to lean on our other communities to be able to walk together, like you said, to be able to achieve the things that we want to achieve. And so we're like, what, seven, eight years eight almost years. of arc? Yeah. Eight years eight going of arc. On nine, Patrick. Amazing. Can you talk a little bit about some milestones that you've achieved over the years? Some things that stand out to you that you're really, really proud of you've been able to, to do here? Yes, and um, we have been around for eight, nine years. And I think um, there's a lot of the kind of stories that we want to tell in terms of the diversity of the community. Um, there's also some kind of stereotypes, uh, imaginations that we want to also further talk about. So, for example, I'll just give one example that cultural centers, I think a lot of student campus community understand it as, and, and my colleague, Karina Olaru of Likasin Brian, or our co host here, understand this. That uh, I think in the past they talk about cultural centers as a fun for, you know, place for fun, food, and fiesta. Mm. And, and rather than rejecting that notion, I think there's a lot of. Uh, topics and themes that we can delve into when we talk about fun food and fiesta right sure food is a very important part of our identities it brings people together but also um we as a center have been talking for example about issues of food insecurity on campus what can we do about it how can we also share the diversity of asian asian american cuisines and and food ways to the whole campus um we, we are so grateful for student organizations really that are here. We collaborate, for example, with um, Asian Asian American Gardening Club mm. that, that help us to understand how, ways to grow plants indoor and outdoor. We, we have a hydroponic system. If 
if you would like to come stop by, um, <laughs> I will invite everyone to do so. But it's it's really nice to work together with them and exploring that fiesta. Of course, we celebrate. I mean, today we there's a lot of celebration of our identities, but also in in that celebration. Um, what else can we do? Um, whose voices are not on the table? Um, a deeper conversation that needs to happen. We we also do that through the center. So yes, this is fun food and fiesta and more. A hundred percent. Well, yeah. the best part about food is it always invites that conversation. It brings us together and it allows us to expand on, you know, all the things that we're doing. And I have personally been welcomed not only into the center, but to take these fruits and vegetables with me to my home so I can use them and eat them. So I, yes. you know, I really appreciate that. I really love that sense of community that you've yeah. built here. Um, uh, there's another one that I would like to touch yeah, yeah. on. And, and recently, I think we also want to be that producer of knowledge. We want to know more. I mean, uh, it's no secret that Asian Asian American da data uh, on campus and elsewhere are often not disaggregated, right? So yep. we cannot uh, understand fully like the diversity of our community. So um, one way that we get to do that is through research. And, and as a cultural center, I think it's amazing that we are surrounded by amazing undergraduate and graduate researchers here at the center that help us. We have two um, going on, uh, different projects going on right now. But I, the one thing that I would like to highlight is our research on uh, music and Asian, Asian American teen experiences. Ooh, okay. And that's one. And then um, Asian, Asian American in rural Indiana, which interesting. Yes. It speaks to the, thank you for sharing your experience earlier, but that's also, and in front of us, actually, Maya and James are two of our, under, our undergraduate researchers, which <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that they're here. I'm glad well. that they're here too. I love that. I, you know, disaggregated data is so important for our community because we do come from over 50 countries in Asia, you know, and Purdue is one of the largest uh, Asian student populations. And we need to understand that a little bit more so we can, again, fight for the change that we want to see, not only for our student population, but for our entire communities. So as we get ready to move forward here, what, you know, you talk about the research that you've got going on. What are some things coming up for ARC that you're really excited about this year? Yeah, we're, we have recently wanted to explore more connections with our campus and community at large. So I think, um, Meeting you also, Patrick, and what you do have, have enlarged our, our vision to be able to uh, work together with campus community. We really want to have a study away program, mm. maybe to Indianapolis, um, other parts of Indiana. We want to have a study abroad program in the future. We're exploring that option. Um, but I think the invite that I would like to, you know, ask everyone here is that um, engage in our efforts. We are here because we also want to listen to um, people's experiences and how we can also attune to that new experience that we might have not um, touched on before. So the invite here really is uh, come, come join us in this journey. But yeah, those, those study abroad, study away program is what we're really looking forward to this coming year. I absolutely love it. Now, I know that we're sitting right here in front of the building, but for anybody out there listening, last question, how do they get in touch with you? How do they get a hold of ARC? Where do they go to, to sign up and be a part of this? Yes, there are several ways that you can engage with us. Obviously, we're on social media, so we are at Purdue, A-A-A-R-C-C, and most social media. We're also, you can contact us through email uh, at A-A-A-R-C-C at Purdue.edu. And our phone number is 765-496-0488. Feel free to get, engage with us. And of, of course, we're open here uh, Mondays through Fridays, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at 915 Fifth Street in West Lafayette, Indiana. All right. Amazing. Y'all heard it here right now. You know how to get in touch with them. Make sure you follow them. Make sure you show up, get some fruit, get some vegetables, and enjoy this conversation that we're having. Dr. Sari, thank you so much for joining me on stage. Thanks, Patrick. Absolutely. All right, y'all. We're going to take. Yeah, yeah. Give it up. Give it up. Give it up. All right. We're going to go ahead and kick off another song in this radio program, this radio hour. Appreciate everyone that's been here. We're going to play a song by Karina Adopti. He was here last year. His name is Dan, a.k.a. Dan. This song is about self-love. Just hit my face on the mic stand. Um, all right. I got a whole group of people up here. This is going to be fun. Um... 
I'm not going to do the work of introducing y'all. I'm going to allow you to introduce yourselves. So, Maya, we're going to start with you, and we're going to go right down the line, if that's okay. Just introduce yourself, your name, what year uh, student you are, and your major. Okay. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Maya, and I'm a senior in planetary sciences. Uh, I'm James. I'm studying <laughs> psychology here. I'm Tracy. I'm the admin at the ARC. Oh, okay. And um, I'm staff now, but I was a uh, painting and art major. <laughs> you can pop the mics out, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. I'm, uh, I'm Lucas. I'm a junior studying mathematics. Awesome. Thank you all for introducing yourselves. All right. I was expecting a one-on-one -on -one for this, but now that we have a group, we're going to switch it up a little bit. Um, I guess I want to hear from each of you a little bit about your experience here on campus. What has it been like um, just overall in general and then maybe a little bit more specifically as an Asian American student or an Asian student navigating campus life? Maya, we'll start with you. Okay, well, I'd say like it was definitely overwhelming when I started on campus, just kind of getting familiar with the area and also trying to make connections because I started out very introverted. So it did bring up challenges in that aspect. Um, but as I kind of got more familiar with like my classes or just trying to explore other um, outlets since Purdue is primarily known for its STEM fields, right. the arts is definitely a prominent part, like just a prominent like uh, characteristic, I guess, to venture out into. So I started exploring like cultural centers and I did start getting more involved recently, like this past spring, with the Asian Asian American uh, Cultural Center um, through volunteering, through spending more time there, and in turn, just kind of getting more in touch with my identity as a mixed white Asian American. Sure. And kind of coming to terms more with how to identify with that duality. Like, do I go with white? Do I go with Asian? Can I embrace both without necessarily denying one or the other? And... Definitely this whole area, like the center, and in turn the campus environment, just became more of a home for me. And the connections and opportunities I've had through that have been immensely just uh, priceless and irreplaceable in my mind. So overall, my campus experience is still an ongoing journey. There's still places I'm trying not to get lost at. <laughs> but overall, it's getting better, and I'm excited to keep making connections and keep reaching out and keep making a difference in the general community. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. I love that. I, uh, the campus is changing so much. I get lost. I don't know where I'm going here. So I appreciate you sharing that, but I appreciate you sharing that about your identity too. Uh, mixed race community is so, uh, an identity is something that we need to hear more of and hear more about. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, you just want me to only talk to Maya. No, Tracy wants to go. We're going to pass it over to Tracy. <laughs> All right, Tracy, same question. Just share a little bit about your experience and just so on I, campus in general and then about your navigating as an Asian and Asian American student. I can talk about when I was in college. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> and um, I think being Asian and being also very, very introverted, it was extremely um, hard to just go up to the professors to ask questions and because I just feel too intimidated, um, especially when it's in like a big lecture hall um, and probably all times. It was really hard to go to... Um, was it the professor hours? What do you call the office hours? Oh, yeah. I would never go. And then until the teacher was like, you have to. So I only did things if it was like required. <laughs> um, but yeah, I grew up kind of um, the same way. A lot of identity struggles um, because of the dramatic. I think there's a big contrast between your home life versus school life and how how do you balance that, right? Um, and then I see a lot of my other Asian American friends, you either lean towards trying to be like the norm or, um, right? Or you're like me, who's more of like a well-behaved kid at home. <laughs> and, and then, but when you accept, it seems to me that like when you accept what your parents want for you, then you don't really have any friends at school. Sure. <laughs> right? Or like it, it puts you 
add a social gap with the people at school. So um, it's definitely a big struggle. Um, I've, I'm Taiwanese American, but my, um, but it's always hard, you know, it's like, how do you explain that to people in elementary school when like nobody knows where Taiwan is? And then nowadays it's like cool because boba is really popular and <laughs> like everybody seems to know where Taiwan is right now. But sometimes it's still hard because of like the politics between like Taiwan, China, and um, how do you explain these things? And it took me time for me to do more research on my own in order to be able to explain things to other people, to educate other people about this broader Chinese culture, Chinese diaspora that we're all a part of. Um, and, but when I came, oh, and during college, I also spent a lot of time, during that time, there was a big influx of um, students from mainland China as international students. So I spent a lot of time just hanging out with these international students, uh, or like helping them with their like English papers and just like <laughs> getting to know them. And then, um, you know, good experience, bad experiences when I'm faced with this group, because I also got that like, you're not Chinese. Or, sure. like, you know, like as long as you're not from Asia, it's like you almost... What's what's worse? It's almost worse when someone calls you like you're not Asian versus like Asian, Asian, Asian. You're just in the Asian box your whole like childhood, right? So it's a lot of just I think reflection, self reflection, self reflection, and then just getting to know who I am a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but that said, I want to jump to my work at the ARC and all the students that I've been meeting recently. I just, I feel so amazed at the diversity that we have at Purdue University. Um, and the, the students of just very, very diverse backgrounds. I, like, and I'm surprised there's so many more um, multiracial children adoptee children, sure. um, the really wide spectrum of Asians, right? Not to mention, of course, I would say the, the 50 Asian countries. <laughs> right. And then um, a lot of them are represented here at Purdue. Um, so it's really been special to getting to know everyone a little bit better and sitting down with students one-to-one -one and really hearing their story, really talking to them. Um, yeah, including, uh, like, I, well, these people on stage have played <laughs> a huge role at my experience Yeah. at um, the ARC. Um, this one right next to me, like, just pours me tea. <laughs> For the listeners <laughs> at home, it's the person to her left. Puts it on my desk with a sticky note. This is, this is for me. And I just think that is so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to say that. And... I have too many things that I could, like, compliment about you guys, but <laughs> I'm going to save it for another day. Well, I appreciate you sharing everything that you shared. And, you know, I think it's important to have someone at the ARC like you who's navigated this journey as a student. And now in your post-student life, you are able to share in those reflections, be able to relate and then resonate with some of the things that uh, the students are going through. So I think it's important to have someone like you at the ARC doing that work and being able to share and relate with your story. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Lucas, you got rolled into this uh, inadvertently by Tracy. So I'm going to kick it to you okay. for what you want to share. If you want to share about your experience, that's great. But if not, if you want to talk a little bit about what you do here at the ARC, your experience with the ARC specifically, that would be great as well. So um, I grew up in California and I didn't really think about uh, race because we're, I'm from the Bay Area and it's already mm. extremely diverse. And when I came here, it was a bit of a culture shock because uh, I don't fit in with the international people from India. Uh, and it was a bit shocking because like I look the same and uh, my family, like it feels like I should fit in. My family's from India, uh, but I like, I, and I, but again, I like, I don't fit in with the people from Indiana either. So I'm kind of left in my own world. Sure. Uh, and I have, yeah, kind of a mixed experience with that. Um, it was when I came to the ARC, it felt like I was, I, I had like the community here uh, where people actually could understand my perspective. Uh, and that's why I'm really happy to be here. Uh, so at the ARC, I just make a lot of tea. <laughs> that's usually what I'm here for. Uh, but I also like 
today I helped volunteer a little bit, and then also like sometimes I make breakfast and stuff like that. So it's not only just tea. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I think I do think it's interesting, especially for your experience. I think it's interesting to. You know, we have such a large Asian population here at Purdue specifically, but it doesn't necessarily mean our our experiences are reflected, like where we come from and how we've grown up and, you know, how we've had to navigate. And so it can be really shocking because we're in the middle of a super white state, a super conservative state. And it's like, oh, well, where do I fit in? Because it feels like you're pushed out of the box and into another one. And so I appreciate you sharing that because that's why the arc is important. Because it gives you, like you said, a place to find the community for find people who can actually kind of understand your experience a little bit more than just trying to, like, force your way into the community you think you're supposed to be a part of or, like, people tell you you're supposed to be a part of. So thank you for sharing that. All right, James, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to have you up here. Um, what do you what would you like to share? Um, yeah, my experiences are similar to what other people have shared, like just finding the arc has been very nice to have a community and to have a center that like with this mission to support the Asian students on campus but um yeah like reflecting more broadly on my journey um it's interesting because like yeah early in college was when I first became like extra aware of my Asian identity and it became like very salient and central to me and you know I was like trying really hard to like go through like years of like shame about it growing up in the Chicago suburbs um, with mostly white schools. Mm. Um, but then like I got to a point where I felt like I had like moved past it, whatever that meant. Yeah. As in like, um, like to look at the bigger picture of being Asian America, you have to also like understand like American imperialism in Asia yep. um, and how like you know, yeah, America's actions in like Korea, Vietnam, the Philippines, China, um, Iraq, Afghanistan, um, Syria, Iran, <laughs> um, like um, the violence that they inflict there is very much tied to the violence um, like that Asians face in the U.S., mm. um, you know, whether through propaganda about like dehumanizing like orientals or whatever or like um just yeah um yeah like attitudes towards asians in the u.s are shaped by yeah how america treats um other places abroad um and i thought that was a nice place to get to but um it's also nice to be reminded that it's fun to just celebrate asian culture right um it's it's nice to eat food and um <laughs> you know, celebrate holidays that are important to um, different countries. Um, and it's so nice to have a place to do that because um, that alone can be also just very radical in terms of, like, inspiring people to, like, further delve into their identity and, like, question things. And so, yeah, I, yeah, it's like life's like a pendulum. You just swing back and forth between things. Um, but, yeah, it's been... It's been a fun ride. No, I love that. So I, I love it because on this show in particular, we talk about the heaviness of like U.S. imperialism and how that really does affect the way that we think about and see and shape our identities. And then, you know, we have to be able to sit in that and understand it and recognize it so we can move and so we can move and recognize the joys that we have in our community, why we come together, what brings us together. Sometimes it is the trauma, but a lot of times it is like because we want to celebrate and uplift each other. And that's just as, if not more important than the bad things that have happened, but we still have to recognize those things. So I appreciate you naming that. Um, we're coming up on time. So we're gonna do kind of a quick round here of questions. Uh, I wanna know two things, and as short of answers as you can possibly give them to me. One, I wanna know what's giving you joy right now, and two, the event that you're most looking forward to with the ARC in the coming months. Maya. Uh thing that's giving me the joy right now the most is my music. So I'm a musician and singer-songwriter. Okay. And I'm most looking forward to the Indigo event that's upcoming later this semester at the ARC. Okay, that's cool. Oh, I said that in the mic. All right, next. <laughs> I, I really just enjoy talking to all the students, getting to meet everyone. And um, 
Yeah, I guess, I, I mean, it's my first time being a club advisor. I'm kind of excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, for the Chinese American Student Association and um, the brand new club. So it'd be interesting to kind of see how their fundraising goes and everything. Yeah, yeah. heck yeah. Uh, and for me, my roommate got me some really good tea from Taiwan. Hey. We <laughs> so, and I haven't opened it yet. So I think I'll, I'll be having it in the next few days and seeing how it is. And then... I don't really know. I haven't looked at the ARC newsletter, so I actually don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, 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 sorry, Pam. I'll, I'll find, <laughs> I will look at it and uh, pick one that I really like. All right, that works. All right, James, close for us me, out. Yeah, for me, there's a few live music shows coming up that I'm excited for. Um, so that's keeping me going right now. Um, and I'm excited for when Lunch and Learn start back at the ARC in ah, next week, two weeks. Yeah. All right. I love it. Thank you all for joining me as a group. Yeah, give it up. We got some cheers. We love it. Hey, we're going to take another song break. I thought we were going to close it out, but we got one more group coming up here afterwards. So Maya, James, Tracy, Lucas, thank you for joining me. We're going to play a song and then we're going to be right back. I don't know what song it is, so I'm not even going to announce it. We are over time because that's how good this podcast is. Um, that was AJ Raphael with We Could Happen way back in the day. That's a throwback song. Shout out to Manabu. I don't know where he went, but he was the one that pulled that song up for us. So shout out Manabu. Y'all know what it is. All right. I've got a group here joining me on stage. I don't know who they are. So we're about to find out together. I'm really excited for it. How y'all doing? Pop that out if you want. Let me get you. Let me get you both mics. Okay, perfect. We're professional. We're professionals. We're professionals. We're professionals. I think we're professionals. All right. Okay. Perfect. All right. Um, introduce yourselves, your names, uh, what year of school you are, your majors, and what club you're representing. Okay, perfect. Hello, everybody. My name is Caitlin On. I go by she, her, hers. I am currently a senior this semester. I am going to be graduating in visual communication design, and I am here to represent the Asian Student Union Board, also known as ASUB. Hey. All right. Hello, I'm Sanjana Mohan. I'm a sophomore in business analytics and information management, and I'm here representing the South Indian Association here at Purdue. Okay, amazing. All right, we got two orgs up here. Okay, let me just get my notes because I wasn't ready for this, so we're going <laughs> to reflect on the notes real quick. Um, all right, can you each share a little bit about your experience as students here, just navigating the world in general, and then how your Asian identity is played in that navigation? Yeah, of course. So I feel like in general, as a student here at Purdue, um, it was really like eye-opening to be able to meet such a diverse group of people. Sure. Um, I come from a really small town in Indiana. And so it was really cool to like just see all like the different people here and get to also meet people that I could connect with on like a different level that I wasn't able to back at home. And I think that really ties into like my Asian American identity, um, just because I was able to find people be like, oh my God, you do that at your house too? No way. <laughs> um, and so it was really cool. And also like just... Um, being able to like join the orgs here, like what, the reason why I'm here on stage is like because of the so much of the support that the community has given me like throughout the past three years. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much, Caitlin. Uh, Sunjana, Sunjana, I apologize. I apologize. Oh, good. Um, so I, I'm I'm still a sophomore. It hasn't been that long that I've been here, but um, it's just been really nice to meet new people and get to learn about their experiences and my experiences and be like, oh my goodness, I've never done that before, or that's. <laughs> Uh, it's just a few aspects of culture shock and then it's just nice to learn new things. Um, I feel like um, talking to different kinds of people and people from different backgrounds has made me more open to other perspectives, ideas, and just I'm less nervous or anxious about talking to new people now. Sure. I love that. Um... Sanjana, can you tell me a little bit about the South Asian organization? You know, you're a sophomore, so you're like still getting involved. You got ways to go still. Can you talk about your experience with the organization itself, how you found it, and like what you're really hoping to get out of it this year in particular? Um, yeah, so uh, we have a lot of Indian clubs here at Purdue, but I feel like a lot of them are more oriented towards North India or a few other states, and there's not as much uh, South Indian representation. Mm -hmm. And that's why the organization, that's how the organization came about. The previous president, she, um, or like the people who put it together, they really wanted a space where 
South in- South Asians or South Indians can come together and celebrate festivals that were more personal to them. Um, so, and we celebrate uh, a lot of festivals which aren't as common. So, India, there's a lot of different cultures within the country, and it's just really important that everybody has an opportunity to be represented. And yeah. Yeah. So I feel like in the South Asian, the South Indian Association, we try to do that. South Indian Association. I love that because I think we get generalized a lot as just as just Asian, you know, and it's like there are so many things happening and don't worry about all these people cleaning up. We don't care about them. We're up here having a conversation. Um, And, you know, I really appreciate what y'all are doing because I think there is so much diversity even within our own ethnic subgroups, you know, that we don't get recognized that doesn't get recognized very often, especially in America. And so what you're doing, I think, is so important because, you know, we all exist here. And if we don't have visibility for that, how are we ever supposed to know? How are we ever supposed to find community that we want? So I really love what you're doing. And I think you, I appreciate you sharing that. Kayla, I want to turn to you. You're a senior, kind of, maybe not on your way out, but moving in a direction that might be more away from the club. Um, Can you talk about what your experience has been and what kind of legacy you're hoping continues to carry on with the Asian Student Union? Yeah. Yes. Um, So like... And like the past experience that I've had like yeah. on campus, yeah. So last year I was that was like the peak of my involvement. I would say I was okay. president of the Vietnamese Student Association, and also mm-hmm. um, co-president for the spring term for ASUB. Um, and so that's been my experiences, and it's been lovely working with both organizations. Um, I've been the most involved with VSA because um, I've been in it since my freshman year, and I've just loved the people there. But then I wanted to also expand out to ASUB because I really wanted to share my love with the whole community. Mm. And I love being able to create spaces where people are able to create memories. Um, I think memories are like so precious during this time because yeah. we're we're only like this is the youngest I'm ever going to be like this exact second. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so I feel like creating like memories while we're like at this like stage in our lives is so important. And so that's why I decided to go to ASUB and like help facilitate these events. And that's our main um, thing like that we do for ASUB is like we are kind of an umbrella organization um, that we collaborate with other organizations. So us ourselves like we don't have like members per se. Our members are the organizations because we are like a general like kind of thing um and so our biggest thing is just hosting like large events for the community that um we asked all the other organizations for example like SIA or VSA or like AAA like the Asian American Association to get involved and be able to host like a space where all the members of each org can collaborate with each other and learn more about each of like each other's culture because as mentioned before we all have such like specific and diverse cultures within like Asia and so we want to get able to like promote diversity and promote collaboration. I love that. And I love that there is like an umbrella org that can really work through, bring other people together to give them that opportunity to really engage with each other. And then, you know, there's a lot of collaboration that happens there. You know, a lot of ways that we can enhance the events that we're a part of and take a part or take part in by working together. Um, Okay, so I got two more questions for both of you. Um, First off is how does students listening to this post haste or listening to this out in the street right now, how do they get involved with each of the organizations, VSA, ASUB, and the South Indian Association? Whoever wants to go. Well, actually, perfect timing because next weekend, so next Labor Day weekend, September 2nd, um, I'll talk about ASUB for now, but ASUB will be having our first large event of the year, which is called Back to School Bash. It is basically a large tabling event where each of our organizations, I believe we will be having 20 to 19 organizations tabling um, next weekend where it is like an opportunity where if um, new students are interested in an org, but they don't have time to fit their call out into the schedule this is a great place to kind of like fit everybody in all at once and walk around and get to like meet all the organizations kind of and so that will be next weekend september 7th no september 2nd um <laughs> at 6 30 at crock lawn if anybody listening to this is interested in attending all right everybody out there on the streets right now september 2nd is when that is available September 2nd. And now I'm really on the clock to get this episode out before then, so that way people oh, can go there. Okay. Um, all right, and then for the Vietnamese Student Organization, uh, where, how can they get in touch with them? Yes, also perfect timing. Uh, we are <laughs> going to be having our first call-out this Friday um, at, I believe, 6 or 7 p.m. I'm not... Okay, as- I got to get this episode out tomorrow is what <laughs> I've just heard. 
No, it's okay. <laughs> but we also, if um, if you cannot make it to the Friday call out, we also have a call out next Wednesday around. 6.30 or 5.30 p.m. Um, it is all located on our Instagram at VSA Purdue. So just follow us on Instagram to get all the information. Awesome. Amazing. And the South Indian organization. Yeah, so uh, there's a South Asian fair at the Croc Lawn on Sunday that we're going to have a table at. Um, other than that, we have our call out sometime next week. So follow us on Instagram at Purdue SIA. And we're going to have more information about that. Um, I'd also like, uh, so I'm a part of the Asian American and Asian Vocal Ensemble, and we're... <laughs> Woo! Let's go! So we have our call-outs next week on Monday and Wednesday from um, 7 to 8, I believe. Okay. So, all right, you heard it here. Amazing. Thank you both so much for joining me. Um, all right, I told you I had two questions. This is the last question. What is giving you joy right now, and what are you most looking forward to this year? Uh, it doesn't have to be club-related. It can be whatever. Um, honestly, what's giving me joy right now is just seeing all the new faces on campus. It's like everybody looks so youthful and so excited to be here. So it makes me, like a senior, also excited to be here. <laughs> um, and so I'm just excited to have them like be able to experience what college is all about and for me to just watch them grow. So yeah. Love it. I guess for me, it's more club-oriented because I, I, I'm the new president this year, so I'm kind hey! of... Hey! <laughs> Thank you. So I'm kind of excited because South India is huge and we have a lot of each state has a different language, has different cultures, have, has different traditions, which kind of play into each other. And it's just exciting to think of events and plan events that represent all of that. So I'm excited about that. And also meeting new people and like getting more involved. I love that. I can feel the presidential passion there. So I can see why you're the president this year. Oh, I appreciate you. you both for coming up. Um, give it up one more time. Give it up one more time for everybody that's still here. I'm sorry you're all cleaning up while we're having a conversation, but that's just how it goes sometimes. Um, all right, so normally I would play a song to close us out, but do you want to sing something? Yeah. Okay, you don't have to. You don't have to. But you can if you want. Okay, another promoting factor for the club. <laughs> you, you don't have to be a professional. I am not a professional, but I'm still a member of the club, so I'd rather not sing. All right, all right. We won't put that on you. We'll play a song to close us out, but give it up one more time for Kaylin and Sanjan up for coming up and sharing about the organizations. All right. Thank you all so much. I'm going to play out one song to close it out. This has been Conversation Piece. Folks, if you're listening out there, you can follow us on Instagram at Conversation Pod Piece. Um, if you want to leave a rating or review on whatever player you're listening to this on right now, we would greatly appreciate that. And last but not least, if you want to support the show in any way, you can do so by hopping in our DMs or visiting our website, ConversationPeacePod.com. Until next time, I'm Patrick Armstrong, and this has been Conversation Piece. Thank you all so much for having me out. 